Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before we get started, if you're looking for a job, definitely check out Ball, uh, Ball, the aerospace technology company. You guys know by now that we're partnering with them, and they are hiring production technicians. This position is on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's plants. Uh, the company offers a competitive $27.39 per hour with potential for increase at 6 12 and 18 months on the job. It offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant. The production technician's role touches on the other stages of production, making aluminum cans and ends. And people are what make Ball so special. Aunt Julie, everyone knows her from the DMVR Broncos podcast. Zach's aunt, she works at Ball and she really is enjoying her time there. People at every level come in to work each and every day to give 100% to accomplish their goals. Their production techs are on the front line in their can making operations. They directly impact the volume of production they run, the quality of the production they run, and are integral to their operations. So if you're interested in this job position or are looking for any other job position, text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for the word GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Let's start the show. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dom two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Two-run home run. Trevor Story. Lock. End zone. Touchdown. Number two for Sutton. Got it. Oh, man. That's from way downtown. And the Blue Arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Score! It's too good to be true. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I'm your host, Ali Monroy, and today's show is going to be a bit different. Late last night, Broncos country found out about the passing of Demarius Thomas, a legend on and off the field. Our hearts, our hearts go out to his mom, his sisters, his family, his teammates, and all of his loved ones. Everyone you talk to has a story about DT, and right now you can feel the impact he had on every person he met, every teammate he played with, and every person who watched him play. As Ryan Konigsberg wrote in his article on thednvr.com, Demarius Thomas turned darkness into light. So today... We're going to spend this episode remembering Demarius Thomas. We're going to have multiple members of DMVR join us to share their favorite memories. And we're also going to read some of the moments our listeners and our community have shared with us. So if you have any memories you want to drop in the comments or in the chat, please do so. This is a safe space for us to all just feel our feels and really talk and remember and be sad and be happy and just mourn and remember Demarius Thomas for the man he was on and off the field. 
I'm joined by Ryan Konigsberg, Zach Stevens, Justin Michael, and Eric Weedham. Later on, I will be joined by Michaela Perkins and Spencer Smith. And then we will talk to you guys, the community, and, and share your stories that you have so thoughtfully shared with us. Um, so let's get started. Ryan, you covered Demarius Thomas for years. Uh, you wrote multiple stories on him. You had a personal connection with him. How are you feeling right now? What's something that you're thinking of today? What's a memory? that you want to share with us i mean i wrote this in the article but um the biggest thing that stood out to me is his his warmth um the, just the the warmth that he he exuded when you were around him and um it's why it's just so heartbreaking today and um <clears throat> you notice that every single person that he had any sort of interaction with um feels this and and obviously like you mentioned off the top you just feel it so much for his loved ones um his family uh, his mom, of course. Um, and, and so it's it's just devastating. 33 years old. Um, he had so much life to live and, and so much to give. Um, and, and it really, really sucks. Uh, it really, really sucks. As for memories, interesting. I mean, I've, told, I've talked a lot um, about, you know, the time in the locker room when he was so banged up after the game, he couldn't even uh, roll down the collar on his shirt. He asked me to roll down his collar. We had a long conversation that night just about uh, the toughness that he exuded on the field and, and brought out there. And, you know, he said, um, if, if I can walk, I can play. Uh, and it was, the, you know, that's the type of warrior that he was. Um, but the one that's really sticking out to me today is at Super Bowl 50. And on media night, I didn't, I didn't actually get a chance to talk to DT, but I talked to Josh Norman, who was going to be who he was matching up with that uh, in that game. And Josh Norman was talking all the shit. Um, you know, I had brought up to Josh that they had really struggled against bigger, stronger wide receivers this year, the Panthers, of course. And I was like, does that, you know, worry you at all having to go up against DT? And he was like, why would I be scared of Demarius Thomas? Like, are you kidding me? I've got this, that, the other thing. I've got all these guys. I'm not scared of Demarius Thomas. So, course the next day i'm like ready to go so i write that article and then i'm like oh man i'm gonna tell dt about this and get him riled up and you know get an get an even better story out of it um and when i brought it up to dt he just laughed like he like he wasn't mad he didn't give me any sort of reactionary quote uh, but he just laughed and was like yeah we'll see i guess we'll see i don't know we'll, we'll, you know we'll take care of it on sunday and the reason why that's coming up for me so much today is because it was like at that moment that I knew the Broncos were going to win the Super Bowl um, because the, the Panthers had brought this fake tough guy attitude um, to all of their press that week. And just seeing DT like so absolutely unbothered by that and so confident in his squad. And, you know, obviously the Broncos go on to win, but it, it was it was just like that a little microcosm uh, of who he was. And then the other one that I keep thinking about today is um, the Broncos, uh, maybe Zach, you can correct me on this. They were either 3-0 or 4-0 in that first year with Trevor Simeon. But do you remember yep. what they was it 4-0? Yep. So they're 4-0, um, but the offense is very different than it used to be, of course, with, with Peyton Manning not there. And so Emmanuel Sanders is asked, like, you know, um, how are you guys feeling about the offense? And he's, like, speaking on behalf of himself and DT and he's like you know we're wide receivers we need the ball we're divas like me and DT <laughs> were both divas and this that and the other thing and like we need the football like 
we love winning, but we also like need to get the rock. And so then of course DT comes up next and they're like asking him about all this. And he was caught in such a weird position because he's not like that at all, but he doesn't want to like disagree with Emmanuel. So they're like, are you a diva? And he's like, uh, I don't <laughs> really know. Um, they, they're like, well, well, Emmanuel called you a country diva. And he's like, uh, all right. Yeah, I guess that's okay. Like I, I drive a Ford Raptor. Uh, <laughs> and it was just so funny. Cause like, he didn't know what to do. He, he was the furthest thing from a diva. Emmanuel couldn't have been more wrong about this, but he's not going to like throw throw a manual under the bus um it was just such a funny moment watching him like smirk up there like uh not, i don't know um but he was he was uh probably my favorite bronco uh that i've covered just working alongside him and he never got flack from him never got an eye roll from him um always positive energy positive vibes and uh just the joy of a person to be around that grin is what everyone is remembering him by today. Just always having a smile, always lighting up the room, no matter if they lost or if they won. Zach, you also had a chance to cover Demarius Thomas. What are you feeling today? And what's a favorite memory you have of your time covering DT? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that stands out about DT is that smile, Allie, and is that positive attitude and is that welcoming spirit that he had, especially for me. My first season covering the team was during that 4-0 stretch that Ryan talked about in 2016 when things weren't going well. And there were kind of two guys that were always extremely welcoming to me in the locker room. And, you know, coming in fresh out of college pretty much, and you're walking into the Denver Broncos locker room, the Super Bowl champion locker room, that's pretty intimidating, especially with all the personalities they had and Demarius Thomas and Todd Davis were the two guys that were the the most welcoming to me and I could go up and talk to Demarius whenever and and I just thought that that really and especially these past past 12 hours we've seen that because whether it's talking about someone who was his best friend like Eric Decker calling him a brother and we've had a lot of people call him like a brother uh, or you know a, a guy like me who who knew him but certainly wasn't good friends with him that he was always open and to, to talk to and always nice to the, the, the hundreds of pictures we've seen on Twitter, guys, of people saying, I met Demarius Thomas, and not only did he pay, take a picture with me, but then we were able to talk for five minutes. That's the type of guy that Demarius was. And the, the last time I talked to him, which is, is probably the best story that I have with him, it was the Monday before they traded him. He knew he was on his way out. The Broncos just played a game Sunday. This was Monday, and then they traded him on Tuesday. He knew he was on his way out, and he could have easily just not been in the locker room, not been there, avoided the questions about it, because what a tough day. And so we all talked to him uh, as a group. And then after, uh, I just I went back around just to you know say say thank you, and he wanted, he wanted to talk, so we probably talked for about 10 minutes, and we got to talking about his Tebow days. And, of course, as any wide receiver would, especially a true diva wide receiver, <laughs> would not like those days. And one of the things that he kept saying about it was he was grateful for those days because he got to catch, you know, one or two passes a game because he got to block and be on the run that the Broncos went on in the magical season. I mean, 
Demarius Thomas couldn't have been in a worse football situation for a wide receiver. And the thing that he said was that he was grateful for that. And that's something that just really stands with me because one of the things about DT, the smile uh, was always there. The positivity was always there. And that's just something that you, you don't find in life right now. And that was something that Demarius Thomas was every single day of his life. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the Tebow days, and this is a guy who came from Georgia Tech who was running the triple option offense. Like, that'll show you that a guy's not a diva that he was willing to go there and block on 90% of the plays that he was on the field for. And, of course, he was an absolute freak of nature when it came to his ability of size and strength and speed, so he could block the hell out of that triple option offense. And I think in his senior year, they threw the ball – uh, like 70 times, and he had 48 of those were, were catches for DT. But 78 times, you know, there's several times in his NFL career where he personally caught more than that in a season. But, you know, that, that, that just goes to show you. He also had a really good stretch with Tim Tebow. I think he had something like 700 yards over a six-week span or something crazy. Maybe that's a little too aggressive. But he had a crazy little stretch there with Tebow, too. So, you know, he was a guy who t- didn't matter who was out there. He was going to make the most of his opportunities. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, in 2011, he started five games. Now, he played in 11, but started five games with Tebow, and he had 551 yards. That, that, that may be his, his biggest accomplishment, yes. is doing that with the, not, not just Tim Tebow, not to bash on Tim, but the offense that just didn't throw the ball. Yeah. Number one rushing offense in the league. Uh, and, you know, he, what's that, a 1,500-yard pace? <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of my favorite things that I've seen is the relationship that T or that not Tebow, the relationship that Demarius Thomas had with children and with Peyton Manning's kids. And Tyler Columbus posted a, a tweet saying about how he carried his son through the Super Bowl parade after winning the Super Bowl and everything. And you see everything he did in the community with the Boys and Girls Club. He just really, really loved being around kids and giving them and showing them love. And the videos that have come out from that have been my favorite to see to really see that kindness that pure soul that he had and besides just being a great football player you even see Peyton Manning saying he was a hall of a fame player um that's one of my favorite things that I've seen come out of this Justin what are what's your favorite memory of DT that's a tough one just because there, there, there were so many I mean obviously everybody thinks back to that that Pittsburgh overtime win I was I was fortunate in 2015 to to be at that Broncos Patriots overtime game where CJ Anderson scored. And I, I was sitting in the in the first row with my dad and we were right by the Broncos bench and like Brock Osweiler comes over and he high fives us all and Demarius Thomas actually he came over and he gave me these gloves. Oh man. And Aww. just that uh <laughs> that moment, you know, it was the the city was electric, everybody's pumped and he was my favorite player. So like I was, I was freaking out <laughs> and there was like a little kid, two seats over. And I couldn't believe that he gave the, the gloves to me, but I was wearing a Demarius Thomas Jersey. So I guess that, that helped my cause, but I don't just so many moments, like with him coming into the league in 2010, you know, that was right when I started as a freshman in high school. And that's kind of when I really started to get into football on kind of a nerdier level. You know, they, they draft him out of Georgia tech and I'm going back and, People are kind of like, who's this Demarius Thomas guy? And, you know, me, I'd, I'd nerd it out watching him on YouTube. So I'm just like, oh, no, he's going to be incredible. And then he just, like, totally lives up to the hype. And, you know, I remember that that 2011 season so fondly because 
I got my girlfriend and, and her family all into football and that team was so stupid, but they just kept winning. <laughs> <laughs> and like to this day, you know, they, they still watch the Broncos now, like all because of that crazy run. And then they couldn't have cared less about football before that. And he was just a, a special player. So explosive, so many, so many quick screens that he took to the house. Like, I, I don't think there was a more exciting Broncos player in my lifetime in terms of like yak ability, maybe rookie Brandon Marshall, but I don't know. It, he just, he was a special guy and this one hurts. It, it hurts more than, you know, any, anybody that I can ever think of that I didn't actually know personally. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that- I'm really glad we got to watch him for all those years though. That, I'm just trying to focus on that. Like all the, all the special moments, all the happy memories. Yeah, exactly. That's something that I saw so many people say that DT got them into watching the football, got them to fall in love with the Broncos just because of who he was. Uh, Eric, what's your favorite memory of DT? I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, I, I cover the Broncos. So I don't have a personal relationship with him like you guys do. But um, I just remember like we drafted this guy that was like so interesting, this big receiver. And it was he was the first wideout we I think that, was, that came off the board like right before Des Bryant. And so there was this whole discussion about whether or not the Broncos made the right choice. He immediately got injured and it seemed like he was going to be this bust. Uh, But he was just like this big body receiver that looked a lot like Brandon Marshall. And like there was just a lot of hope for, you know, excitement to come down the line. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he was just not visible, not visible. And then all of a sudden, I just remember one game, like he made his presence felt like he... I can't remember the specifics, but like he caught a touchdown or something, but it was like, Oh, right, man. Like DT, like this guy we were like so excited about. And then DT was like so interesting because he spanned like various like time periods for the Broncos. Like we were in that Tebow era, that like weird, ridiculous time. And then he was then the centerpiece of that Peyton Manning area era where you just threw a bubble screen to him and he would take it to, like you said, take it to the house every time he was just like the guy that like, was the centerpiece of the most prolific passing offense this league has ever seen. And, um, you know, I was at Super Bowl 48, <laughs> like literally the only Broncos player that showed up that day was Demarius Thomas. Like nobody else cared to even continue to try after, sure. the, you know, they just got shut down and, and embarrassed and nobody told DT, man, like he just went out there and just kept catching balls and like was, uh, engaged and you know like had pride and like never quit like he was just one of those players that you know you felt excited about it actually played to the level that you expected he could um had like a weird relationship with the fan base like as the uh as the years went on but like now that time has passed like you look back you're like this guy was incredible he's like the top denver broncos receiver of all time but arguably i think he's got the numbers to back it up but like um i don't know man and it's just like another one of these things where you watch a guy's entire career like he comes into the league uh you watch him play all of his games and and retire and then like now this it's like it takes you to a weird existential place for yourself you just like realize like how fragile life is and how important it is to appreciate things when they're here and just a wild feeling like uh looking at all of this in totality and like trying to process it not only as a broncos fan but just like as an adult human being like walking the earth um 
And it's, yeah. it's crazy too. It's nice to see the way that he touched others and, you know, the, the impact that he left behind and like what it means to actually be a member of a, of a community and, and, and do good things and, 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 you know, make the most of your time here on earth. Um, so it's like, it's like a, a, like a weirdly emotional day. Like I can't, I'm, I'm just kind of in a daze, like trying to process all of it. Yeah. It's a, uh... You know, you brought up the interesting relationship there with the fans, and I have so much, like, uh, so many feelings about that. Zach knows, I, you know, I, I took every single chance I could to defend DT uh, against anyone who who wanted to talk about the drops and this, that, and the other thing. And, um, you know, mates used to always say, like, oh, well, like, one day he's going to have his day in the sun when his, when his jersey or when his name goes up in the ring of fame and, and all that's going to be washed away. And it's heartbreaking that, uh, that we're not going to get that, but it, it's happening today, you know, um, where like everyone is ready to move past whatever stupid comment they made about him and just appreciate DT. Um, and it's really unfortunate, the circumstances, but I do take a little bit of solace in the fact that like people are now ready to appreciate DT for who he was and, Um, I think that there's like a lesson here in terms of um, the way that you uh, go about your life and uh, the way that you're going to be spoken about on, you know, uh, the day that you pass away. Uh, And uh, I think we can learn a lot from DT uh, in that regard because, you know, people uh, used to call into question his toughness and, and, you know, I used to point to that that Super Bowl that you talked about, uh, Eric, this dude gets walloped on the first drive of the game and it would have been so easy for him to tuck his tail between his legs. And a lot of people use that play as like, um, uh, like a microcosm of the game. But what, what gets lost in there is just how tough he was to, go, to get back up. And like you said, he gave more than anyone that day. Yep. Um, and the other thing that used to just drive me crazy when people talking about his toughness is just, you clearly don't know where this guy came from. Like, yeah. um, like you know i wrote in the story today um obviously his the people who he's living with his mom his grandma his stepdad are all taken away uh to jail and he goes to school and like he comes back on the school bus he has no idea what he's supposed to do like he literally he doesn't have a home anymore um and for him to be able to again just like he you know peeled himself off the field in new york you know, he peels himself up uh, off the ground there and, and goes and, and creates a, a really special legacy. So um, it's uh, it sucks that we lost him. But, man, um, he really he did. He had an impact on the world that he probably wasn't supposed to have. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at DT uh, and he was certainly underrated as a player and you look at the stats and I think people are still mind blown at how good the stats are for a four year stretch. He averaged nearly 1500 yards, 100 receptions per season over a, or over 10 touchdowns per year. And then that's incredible. Look what he did after Peyton Manning left. He still had two uh, pretty much a thousand yard seasons just shows how good of a player he was. And the reason that he was 
was uh, undervalued, guys, is because of him. It's because he wasn't willing to go out there and and put himself on a pedestal all the time. He was maybe the most humble receiver that I'll ever be around. And that's just like like Ryan talked about. That's something that you don't find uh, with athletes nowadays, specifically at that wide receiver position. And that just speaks to exactly who is who who he is. And and, and Allie touched on this a little bit too. But I mean, how you, you you're never gonna find a guy that goes up and puts a hundred yards out on Sunday. He has to have multiple guys that take him down. He's just getting beat up. He doesn't say anything. And then on Tuesday, he's out there with it, with all of his players at charity events, and he's just this gentle giant in the community uh, and not taking any credit for it. He was so good in the community, and, and, and I just think that really speaks to who he was as a person is just how well he connected with kids. That just shows how kind and gentle uh, and, and caring that he was. And going back to some of his crazy stats, we had uh, a conversation on the Denver Sports Podcast a few months ago about who the most underappreciated player was in Denver sports history. And I, I do think we came to the conclusion that it was Demarius Thomas. And we talked a lot about the impact that he had uh, at that point. Before we move on, I got to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The Broncos take on the Lions, and that's going to be an interesting one here at Mile High. Broncos fans are feeling good after a rough loss to the Kansas City Chiefs last week, but DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a great promotion when you use the promo code DNVR. If you bet just $1 on any NFL team to score, you can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. You'll be a winner once a single point is scored on Sunday, Thursday night football, or Monday night football. So bet on those Broncos to come out hot and score at least a field goal. It's going to happen. So definitely use the promo code DNVR. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. The holiday season is upon us. And you know what? It's nice to be able to withdraw your cash if you need it for a last-second gift or anything like that. So DraftKings is a great sportsbook app. Uh, Download it now. Use the promo code DNVR. Like I said, bet $1 on any NFL team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 You guys know by now that Mint Mobile has the best deals in wireless. And right now, because of the holiday season, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. As the first company to sell Premier Wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. You don't have to worry about those sneaky fees that places uh, like AT&T, Verizon might put in there uh, when they're charging you. Plus, you get to avoid the mall, which is a hectic place right now because of the holiday season. I've been using Mint Mobile for a while now, right? 
Ryan Koningsberg, Zach Stevens. We've all really been enjoying our time with them. And the fact that they have just this incredible offer, it's the best offer of the year. Um, buy three months, get three months free. You really can't beat that. So for a limited time only, check that out by going to mintmobile.com slash DNVR. That's mintmobile.com slash DNVR. You can get a uh, premier wireless service starting at just $15 a month. Definitely check it out at mintmobile.com slash DNVR. Uh, I'm trying to get to all of the comments here uh, in the YouTube chat. I appreciate everyone who's hanging out with us. Uh, I'm going to hit some super chats real quick before we move on. Brandon here saying, wearing my DT jersey to the Packers game Sunday night out of respect. Uh, RIP to a legend. Um, we had uh, I don't know how to say the name. Blue Liner? Is that just what yeah. it is? Blue liner DT will live on forever in Broncos country. And then Logan here saying DT was literally the very first Broncos memory I ever had in 2011 against the Steelers. He is the reason I am a diehard Broncos fan. He later continues saying, I don't know if I ever would have watched football or proved people in my life wrong by playing it without DT. Uh, thank you to everyone with those super chats. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention uh, uh, that just kind of popped out to me. It was just earlier this week um, that you know we're talking about we're, we're talking about the drops and in fans' reactions and things they said and and whatnot. And I, I'm sure a lot of people uh, aren't feeling great about that today. But it, it was just this week when Melvin Gordon said um, something along the lines of like, uh, "I'd love to be in Denver, but I know a lot of the fans don't feel that way." Um, and, and I just think it's another lesson that like you're talking to real people when you send these messages. Um, yeah. And, you know, they do read them and they do feel them. And I just think um, the combination of those two things happening this week may be just another uh, lesson for us to, uh, to, to be kinder to people on social media or, or otherwise. A hundred percent. All right. I'm going to bring in Michaela Perkins and Big Drive Spence to give some of their favorite memories. Uh, hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Good to see you all. Good. How are you? Good. Wish we were meeting in better terms, but Michaela, let's start off with you. Uh, what is a memory you have of Demarius Thomas? I mean, I have been a lifelong Broncos fan. I left the hospital in a John Elway jersey. Uh, my dad was expecting a boy. <laughs> I was quite surprised when I came out. Um, so I, I left the hospital in a John Elway jersey. So I've been a Broncos fan ever since uh, I was born. And you know, I never really took too much interest in sports until I got a little bit older. Unfortunately, I grew up in the Jay Cutler, Kyle Orton uh, fiasco era for the Broncos. <laughs> so my fandom didn't really start until, you know, Peyton Manning came to this team. And I'm not even kidding. My earliest, most defining memory that I have of being a Broncos fan, besides my grandma screaming at the television every Sunday for the Broncos to go, 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 was um, that that crazy um, 80 yard touchdown reception um, from Tim Tebow in the 2012 uh, wildcard game. And that was seriously like the first moment where I was like, I am a diehard Broncos fan. And, you know, my fandom really doesn't exist outside of the world of DT. He was, you know, there when I, when I first really started caring about, you know, football and the Broncos, you know, he was there. And so he has always been a part of my fandom as a Denver Bronco fan. And so, you know, him not being around anymore is just kind of really, honestly, hard to process. I haven't existed, you know, really much in a world without DT in it. And so the news yesterday was just 
super upsetting. And, you know, I was born in 96, so I haven't really gotten to experience a Denver championship. You know, the Avs won in 96 when I was born and again in 2001, but I was only a couple years old. So the first real championship that I got to experience and remember was, of course, Super Bowl 50, which, of course, DT was also a part of. So, you know, he means everything to me as a, as a Denver fan in general. So um, it's definitely a really sad day. And my heart goes out to Demarius's family and friends and all of Broncos country. I know this news has not obviously sat well with any of us and it's just really sad. So um, it's been a tough day for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so many people talking today about uh, the, the Tebow to DT Steelers game. And mm -hmm. um, it's crazy, you know, that that game always finds a way to kind of circle back around for us. Um, and, and it's always been kind of one of those, uh, I remember where I was when moments. Yeah. Um, and it kind of even takes on greater meaning in that way now. Uh, for me, I think that's probably the most exciting uh, moment uh, I've ever had as a Broncos fan. Yeah. Uh, like to the, the just you know, so much of sports is looking for that moment where you're just losing your mind, <laughs> jumping up and down, screaming, hugging anyone uh, within <laughs> radius of you. And like, that's one, that's, that's the number one moment like that for the Broncos, at least in my lifetime. Um, yeah. So it, I mean, with, with, without a doubt, that was, uh, that was the last game that I was at, at the stadium as a fan. And so to be there with that electricity, it's the most electric I've ever seen that stadium. Uh, and it was all, it was all because of DT. I mean, I, I wasn't living in Colorado. I was in DC at the time. I knew a bunch of Broncos fans. I was watching that game and it was just the back and forth and not even as a Broncos fan, especially because I didn't watch the Broncos at that point, watching that game, you're just like, Oh my God, they're going to do it. Oh my God, it's happening. Like this is, it was one of the best games that I've watched with that excitement. I can't. And, and that was just from a fan of the NFL in general, not even being a Broncos fan at that point. So I hearing your stories and hearing everyone recount that specific memory is great. Another one that people talk a lot about uh, was that Cardinals game in 2014 uh, and DT jumping into the stands. And I've seen so many images of that picture uh, uh, out on social media today and it just makes you smile his excitement and everything yeah i mean real quick you know you, you mentioned like oh they're gonna do it like i never thought they were gonna do it until dt <laughs> turned the corner like stiff you know puts the stiff arm on and then does it i've brought this up on the broncos podcast a few times that was a game that people had so little hope for that tickets were a playoff game a home playoff game tickets were going for under face value the broncos backed into the playoffs uh they, you know they lost uh, just a the maybe one of the worst football games i've ever seen in week 17 um to the chiefs they get in kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, on a technicality. And so, and, and then they're playing, you know, the quote-unquote big bad Steelers. And it was just like no one had them winning that game. No one predicted them winning that game. And I think that's another reason why it's just one of those moments where, like, oh, my God, Tebow completes it and DT, no one's going to stop him. It was just, uh, just electric. Speaking 100%. of that Chiefs game, just real quick to kind of tie yeah, it back to what I was talking about before. Actually, I bought tickets to that game for my high school girlfriend. It was her first Broncos game ever, and it was like nine to six or whatever. The Kyle Orton Chiefs versus the Tim Tebow Broncos. That was me trying to be like, look, 
the NFL is amazing, right? So we go to this <laughs> terrible game. <laughs> I was like, I figured she'd never watch football again. Thank goodness the next week the Steelers game happens and it, it brings the excitement back and kind of shows. And then we get the Steel or the Patriots after that, and it's kind of like <laughs> the highs and lows of a big. Yeah, we don't need to remember it, it, that game. It wasn't, ju- <laughs> it wasn't just six to nine. It was six to nine. And it was the coldest day of the year. My brother flew horrible. in from Japan to watch that game. Wow. <laughs> It was not good. He had his he had his girlfriend who had who was this was her first introduction to the concept of football. Was that? Good. Oh my, oh my god. goodness! So here's yeah, what I we do: we see no excitement, and we stand in the freezing cold. It, it's it's terrible. It's called it fun. Absolutely terrible. And then yes, like then all of it is washed away with that one play that net, during the playoffs. I actually bet that was my first legal sports bet. Uh, maybe it was not legal. legal. Not legal. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first overseas sports bet. I bet for the Broncos to beat the uh, the big bad Steelers because Ben Roethlisberger was hurt and hobbled, and I knew we were going to do it, but I didn't know we were going to do it like that. And like to be left with that image out of that era, like that most ridiculous era of Broncos football that we'll never forget. But like, it, I'm not left with any of those like Tebow miraculous moments. It's like that DT reception yeah. and run for the overtime victory is like the thing that I will take. It's crazy. Yeah. It Spencer, is, I mean, you've it's been... been crazier to think oh. about just how that play fits into that season. Like somehow in the season with the craziest yeah. games I've ever seen in my life. Also, it, you know, you get to the playoffs and have one that's even crazier than those. It's just, it's wild. Well, I'll piggyback off that play because that's my, actually my favorite memory of DT and it's kind of cliche, but what came out of that game uh, for me was pretty wild. I took my uncle to that game who my uncle was like this hard ass dude, never nice to me as a kid. (laughs) And I only took him because like he could drive and like he was the DD and I, and uh, Mitchell's still mad at me to this day, 10 years later for not taking him to that game. Um, (laughs) But I take my uncle and I'm like, Hey, let's go watch this game. You know, whatever. And the, the dude never said he loved, I love you to me. And never hug. I don't think I ever hugged the dude in my entire life. And that play happened. And it was, of course, when the new rules came out. We didn't know if the game was over or not. So he j- starts jumping up and down, this white-haired, like, 60-year-old man looking at me. He's like, is it over? Did we win? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And he just <laughs> picks me up, like, grabs me, picks me up. He's like, I love you. And it was just <laughs> – I was so shocked in that moment because – I was like, dude, you've never like all you've told me my whole life is how bad I was at baseball or why didn't I catch that ball or this or that. And now all of a sudden he's like hugging me because of what DT did. And that moment was just so special. And uh I think what's crazy about this story is obviously 33 is way too young. DT yeah. uh was with the Broncos basically his whole career, but went to a few other places for he was with the Patriots from not even a, an official game, I think. And and guys like Tom Brady talk about the impact that he had. Um, yeah. Guys that maybe had one interaction with him, everybody's got something to say about it. And I think uh, once we look back at this, like it's still pretty fresh in everybody's mind. It'll encapsulate how truly special of not an athlete, but a person DT was. And, and just by looking at, you know, I follow a lot of Broncos fans, Broncos players on Twitter, but even going to like the Tom Brady's and going to the players that played with him for one year, Jets players, this Eric Decker, guys like that, that uh, were with him in Denver and then left, uh, truly had an impact on all their lives as a person. And then on the cherry on top was he was maybe the best 
most dominant Broncos receiver ever stuck with us through Peyton, through Trevor Simeon, through Tim Tebow, through all the crap and never said a word about it. Just played his game and dominated. Sunday is going to be an emotional one at Mile High. The Broncos take on the Lions, and we will be having our DMVR Mile High tailgate right off of Federal and 18th Street. It is always such a fun time to be there around the community, talking football, talking Broncos, and eating good food and drinking some delicious Breck brews. Sexy pizza caters our uh, Broncos tailgates, and they are so freaking good. They're as local as it gets. They've been in the community for 13 years now. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. It's so good. They also have gluten-free options. And if you go into one of their locations, you can check out their vegan options. 12, 16, or 18-inch crusts. Uh, sexy pizza is sure to be the right fit for you. You can add all the fixins with wings, salads, pasta knots, or dessert options. And you can try those all out at the DMVR Mile High tailgate as well. It's going to be a great one this weekend, a time of remembering. It's going to be cool to see all of the 88 jerseys that fill the stadium. And like I said, sometimes all you need is to be surrounded by good people, drink good pizza, drink <laughs> drink good beer, and eat some good pizza. So definitely check out the DMVR Mile High Tailgate. Here we have Sean saying in the comments, nice to be in a space with a community who understands why this hit me so hard. Love to all of you guys. And I, I've seen a lot of people bring this up. And, and for me, it was that similar reaction of when you heard the news about Kobe. Uh, it, this was the same for me in the sense of like not believing that it was real. Like uh, you started hearing the rumors circulate and you were like, no, I was looking and I was trying to find, I was like, this can't be true. No, no way. No way. And I, I saw everyone tweeting that like, no, not DT. And I, and a few players came out and said the same thing. And so it, it was just Kobe left such an impact on a lot of people's lives. And you see that the Marius Thomas in the Denver community meant so so much an impact like that the legacy that he left and then on the nfl community as a whole um he was just such a special player and that's why we felt like today we had to do this we had to come in and talk about all the great memories um and reminisce on this because he was such a wonderful person and player and that just it was something we had to do and we wanted to include the community in that um so ryan sent out a tweet earlier today asking uh for anyone who had had any personal experience with DT that they wanted to share, feel free to drop them below. Uh, he wants to read a few of them. So, Rai, I'll let you take the floor on this. Yeah, real quick, I just wanted to piggyback off something that Spencer said um, about Tom Brady. Like, little things that I've just noticed today. Um, you know, you saw that picture that Tom posted. And that's a picture that's on Tom Brady's phone that he took. He wanted to take a selfie with Demarius Thomas. Like, <laughs> like just little things like that it's like wow like he you know he, like I, I don't know it's just that's tom brady he wanted to take a selfie with dt when he saw him um you know the reaction that dt had when peyton sent him a video congratulating him on his retirement and i thought it was just such a um you know something that encapsulates how encapsulates how humble he was that he was like surprised that Peyton Manning would send him a message congratulating him on his retirement. He's like, wow, I really wasn't expecting that. Uh, you know, obviously he and Peyton had so many great years together. Uh, it's just, you know, I really, do, I hope that, you know, deep down he really did know the impact that he had on so many people because he was so humble. You definitely wouldn't know uh, from him that, that, you know, he didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, I'll go through a couple of these um, 
these stories that people sent in. First one from the homie Chill Duty. He said, played basketball with DT at Lifetime in Centennial in like 2011. Uh, got to be on his team, which was awesome. We ran off like seven wins. Highlight was a kid on the other side yelling, can you dunk? So then he steals the ball from this dude, runs to the other end of the floor and just tomahawks one. Uh, it was really funny because he was so laid back in the game. He was just shooting threes all throughout, not exerting himself at all. And then he puts the, uh, a show for one possession, and it was awesome. And that's something that, you know, I think maybe more people are learning today. Like, DT was a, was a legit hooper. Um, yeah. You know, he that was his first love in sports. He always thought he was going to be, uh, you know, a professional basketball player. And um, a lot of people around Denver got the opportunity to, to play basketball with him when he was a player because he would – he would get a run in whenever he could. He was at that yeah. lifetime every Monday. It was a blast. I got to play with him <laughs> a few times, and it was unreal. He was always there. That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, okay, there's so many here. Um, uh, Luke came in here and said, the husband of a former coworker was a principal, a teacher for elementary school in Fort Collins. He had a student who was going through a really hard time. The student was a huge DT fan. The teacher reached out to the Broncos on a whim, and shortly after, DT reached out talked to the student on the phone for an hour or so and then brought the student to a game and swagged him out like um the little personal touches that that he would do on something like that is just is just beautiful yeah and the Here, thing Ryan... with, with with that is it's it's totally under the radar no no one knew about that that and and that that's who dt was he 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 did the right things and just didn't want any credit any notice for it Brian, Brian Severance here said, in 2012, DT randomly showed up to a bar in Pueblo, Colorado. He was the coolest, bought everyone drinks, took time to chat with anyone who wanted to, took pictures and everything. That's an example of just what you said, Zach. Just just to do it, just, just to be a part of the community. And people wanted to talk to him. He was going to talk to them. If you go to a bar in Pueblo, literally the last thing you would ever expect to happen <laughs> is Bronco to come in and buy the whole bar drinks. Uh, from from Jay here, two players I ever met that took time with each and every fan, TD and DT. Uh, I've never been blessed to go to games often, so I went to a free scrimmage at Invesco. My son was maybe four at the time. We sat at the gate for an hour uh, for for hours for any autographs from any player who stayed. Uh, the only two who stayed behind were Evan Mathis and DT. He would uh, tell every single kid that thanked him for his autograph that I can't wait to be wearing your jersey in a few years. It hit my son right there just to know he had a chance to become an NFL player and a and that current player would be rooting for him in the future. And that's a that's another wow. thing I've seen pop up a bunch today as people saying DT would always you know tell the kids one day I'm gonna be wearing your jersey one day I'm gonna be wearing your jersey. <laughs> Eighty-eight here. Cool. Uh, tweeted when I was 16 I went to a signing he was doing at Sports Authority all I had was one of those shirts that tried to imitate a jersey and I was embarrassed that I couldn't afford a jersey when I got to the signing table I told him he was my favorite player and I apologized that I didn't have a real jersey yet he looked at me with that smile and he said all good bro when you get to the league I'll be wearing your jersey he made me feel like I was a real someone mm. and that's I really, I think that's, an, you know, one of the things that I tried to touch on in my article. Like, when you talk to DT, he made you feel like just being around him made you feel better about yourself. He just exuded this warmth, you know, the way that he was like looked you in the eyes when you talked to him. It, it really did make you feel important. 
Um, Ryan B here says, my dad and I were season ticket holders for the longest time. I have so many great memories with him in the stands, but my favorite is 2011 at the first playoff game. We stood in the South Stands as DT broke free for the game-winning touchdown. My dad and I danced and danced and celebrated with the rest of Broncos country for what seemed like an hour. I know it's not a personal moment with DT, but he gave me a very special moment with my dad that we always talk about. And that kind of goes along the lines of uh, what you were saying, Spence. Yeah, he his impact is just it's it's so far and wide from every national media national like, I mean this should never happen to somebody under the age of forty, under the age of fifty, you know whatever you want to pick it is, but it's it's honestly it's insane how many people he reached and every story is like yo, he was he didn't feel like a professional athlete because we you know we deal with professional athletes here and there that you're like you don't say it out loud, but you're like, wow, that dude was not what I expected. And there's not one of those stories coming from DT. So they say when you work in sports to never meet your heroes, because, you know, professional athletes, they don't necessarily have to go out of their way to be kind to everyone that they meet or to take the extra time to, you know, talk to their fans, take pictures, whatever it is. But that was never an issue with DT. And it's really hard to fake being genuine and being kind and DT was the kindest and the most genuine of them all. And I think, you know, people like him are really rare. And I think this is a big loss for the sports world just in general. I was about to say that, Michaela. They always say, don't meet your heroes. But he, DT was the complete opposite of that. You, anyone who could wanted to meet DT. And then someone else, uh, Jason here, shared a picture of his son and DT. And again, you saw so much of that with DT and kids. It was just his favorite thing. And something that, Ryan, you wrote in that article that I've been feeling today, that makes me tear up is he he would have been an incredible father. Uh, And you just know that with how much of a father he was to all of these players, kids, and everyone he met. And so that really, like, hurts my heart because you just know that he would have um, been that. Yep, uh, uh, that's tough. I mean, he talked about in that Players' Tribune article that I, that I hyperlinked in that story, just about how you know kids need to hear that they're loved and they want people to tell them that they care about them and how that's the most important thing. And I really think, you know, he obviously takes that away from uh, a part of his life when he didn't get that, but he did get a part of his life, you know, where he was taken in by some uh, some family members and. You know, they really did, like, take him under their wing and, and um, take care of him and tell him they cared about him. And I think for him, he just realized how important that was and he wanted to spread that around to as many kids as possible. So, wow, it's it's so sad, you know, that um, he wasn't able to be a father. It, it's almost um, kind of poetic that he was able to spread the love that he would have had for his own children around to so many others. And and piggybacking off of that, I've had a lot of people reach out to me uh, in the past 12 hours saying, I really want to donate in honor of DT for everything he did. And, and I think a great place to start is is at your local Boys and Girls Club, because that's where yeah. DT had such a big impact, and it, it's getting to exactly what he loved. And, and it also speaks to that, you know, so many players said that he, he they, they referred to him as a brother uh, and, and, you know, as a father figure that, that he was to, to so many people's children. And that that's, I think, where, where he would have, where he would really appreciate if you do want to donate at your local Boys and Girls Club. Very well said. Yeah, I mean, um, he, you know, uh, at, at the age of 11, um, he was left to take care of his nine-year-old and three-year-old sister. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, kids became so important to him. 
and trying to give them that positive influence. Um, you know, he was literally getting up, at 11 years old, getting up at 6 a.m. to try and go get a couple of hours of work in before school to have a little bit of money for them. Just, he, you know, he really, uh, he really took it upon himself to try and, and make a positive impact for kids after going through stuff like that. And never said a negative any... thing about it. Exactly. No. Is there any other ones that you want to read, Ryan? Uh, yeah, here's one from Zach who says a coworker uh, has a kid with cerebral palsy. Um, in 2015, DT took the time to FaceTime with him when he was recovering from a surgery at Children's Hospital. He was so great in the community. I mean, the, you know, Zach points it out, and, and it's worth pointing out again. No one knew these stories before today. Um, yeah. Maybe, of course, the people who are close to these people, but DT did so much behind the scenes, you know, just like the, the, the simple little thing of, of taking a FaceTime call. There's so many athletes out there um, who, you know, uh, I'm air quoting this, but like don't have the time for that, you know, don't have the time to, to take and do those, those little touches. And w there are some too who do take the time, but want, you know, want the credit for that one it, it recorded or whatever. Um, DT just did this stuff because he cared and, and uh, we're lucky that he was a part of our community. hundred well percent. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say here on the panel, Michaela, Spence, Justin, Zach, Ryan, the floor is yours. Um, I think we've done a, as much as we could remembering Demarius Thomas. If you guys have anything else you want to say before we end the show, please do. My heart is with you Broncos country. We're all in this together for sure. Yeah, I know when, when things like this happen, everyone says to, you know, call your loved ones and, and things like that, tell them you love them. And, and so do that. But then on top of it, what I think DT has impacted with us is be positive and, and have a smile and just how far that can go. And as we're seeing today, just how far one person doing that, how far of an impact that had. What if all of us do that or, you know, all of us do it most of the time, how far that can go? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned. Go, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead, um, Justin. Just the the impact he had on so many people's lives, either directly or indirectly. I mean, we just sat here for forty five minutes and talked about all the things he did for people with, you know, without trying to get the promotion or all the positive memories people have. You know, whether it's Spencer with his uncle or, you know, I started thinking back to going to both those AFC championships with my dad and. DT just, he played a, a really big role in so many of our lives, I think. And, and obviously sports just have a way to bring us together. And I don't know, it, it sucks that we've lost such a influential and such a significant part of such a fun Broncos run, such an important member of the, the history of this franchise. And I don't know, I've, I've been really emotional this week. I have to go to a funeral tomorrow, so I've been kind of reflective anyways, but I hope that someday when I die, you know, people will be able to look back and say, you know, he made my life better because I feel like that's the way we view Demarius Thomas. So just, you know, try and leave a, a positive impact. Yeah, that's what I was going to finish with is just, uh, you know, everyone looking for ways that they want to pay tribute to DT. And obviously, you know, Zach mentioned donating to the Boys and Girls Club. That's a great way to do it. But um, you know, there's there's a quote that everyone's heard before uh, that I think applies so well to DT, which is, you know, you truly can judge someone's character by uh, what they do for people who do nothing for them. And I think he was such mm. – uh, he highlighted that so well. So if you want to pay tribute to him, you know, uh, 
do something kind for someone who, who can't do anything for you. I see a lot of people here in the comments saying wear your 88 jersey to any NFL game that you go to on Sunday. And I think that it would be the most incredible thing to see Mile High just full of number 88 jerseys. And I think that that would mean a lot um, to everyone in this community because we are all in this together, like Michaela said. And our, our hearts are here for Broncos country. We're a part of Broncos country. And we're sending as much love and prayers and good energy we can to his family, to his mom to his sisters um, and to everyone who loved Demarius Thomas that's going to do it for today's show thank you so much for hanging out with us guys I had Logan here say love every single one of y'all be safe and go Broncos and and please be safe tell the people you love you love them and we will see you guys on Sunday when the Broncos take on the Lions bye guys <laughs>